Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in SoCal High School Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Morissette. Got a great show on tap for you today. Sam Fisher, the CEO, owner of Throw to Win. He's a quarterback coach. If you like what you hear here on the Believe Podcast Network, check us out on iTunes and Spotify, all that good stuff. Make sure you like and subscribe. Also rate, we would really appreciate that. Believe in SoCal High School Sports is my show, but there are a million other shows on the Believe Podcast Network. If you're a fan of Los Angeles sports, we got the Lakers talk, Clippers talk, USC, UCLA, even some LMU stuff, anything that an LA sports fan would want. So make sure you check out the Believe Podcast Network. Sam, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. I know uh, you got a one-year-old at home and another on the way, so I really appreciate the time. Hey, thanks for having me, of course. I know you moved to Los Angeles, and at first, quarterback coaching wasn't really what you wanted to get into. You were trying to do the actor, the the performer <laughs> thing. How did that go for you, and when did you make the change? Yo, I'd say year 2009, I moved to L.A. and jumped into acting, started doing the classes, the auditioning. Uh, knew it was going to be tough. Knew it was going to be a grind. Uh, had a, a little bit of a success. If you you know if you if you go down the Netflix wormhole, you might find me here or there. But you'd have to really go deep. Um, but that was about a four or five year stint. And football and sports in general, baseball had always been my love and my passion. And there was a point where I was just tired of waiting tables, tired of bartending, and I wanted to just be my own boss and have my own control. So I literally just created a business card, came up with the name. And it was one of those put it into the universe type deals because a week later I'm waiting on this, uh, this lady at my bar and she says her son is a quarterback and, and is looking for a coach. And I had my card on me. I gave it to her and it started off with one 12 year old in a park in Studio City. And now I'm five years full time and it's been just a crazy, awesome experience it's really exploded and i have a million questions about the qb coaching one other quick acting thing do you have any interesting stories did you ever cross paths with anyone pretty big uh, <laughs> yeah am i throwing guys under the bus here okay let's uh let's go um i'm so jeremy piven when i was when i started out here jeremy piven was like the dude because entourage was just going crazy i met him at a party and <laughs> i asked i said hey i, I literally have entourage in my DVD. I'm a big fan. I've been following your work for years. I would love to take a picture. My brothers would love it. And he looked at me and he goes, no, man, I, I don't take pictures. And then literally there was three girls that came up to him and, and said the same exact thing. And he got around and took pictures with them. And I just looked at him and I just was like, and I said this, and I can't believe I said this, but I said, you're very talented, but you're kind of an asshole. He looked at me and didn't know what to say, and he just kind of walked away. And that's my Jeremy Piven story. So, Jeremy, if you're listening, you know, we're good. I'm not coaching your son. Yeah, I'm not coaching your son, man. 
Thank you for sharing that. So it's rare that you flip from, you know, being an actor to the quarterback coaching. A lot of people say, all right, maybe I'll go sell insurance. Maybe I'll go into business. What's your background in football and what allowed you to pivot so successfully to be a quarterback coach? Yeah, I, I was a really good high school quarterback. I'm five foot eight. I, back then there wasn't a lot of opportunity for undersized and I was on the, the spectrum of undersized, but I would, I could run. Um, and I could throw really well. My mechanics, looking back at it, my mechanics were always solid, which is bizarre because I never had any training. I, I, I guess I attribute, attribute that to my dad. But my mechanics were solid, and this was, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. And I had a really good high school career. I, I broke my femur my sophomore year, and I was fast, and I lost a lot of my speed, and I had to learn to be in the pocket a lot more. So it was right when spread was starting to get going, and I was in gun a lot and I got to throw and it opened up a lot of opportunities for me just to understand the passing game and combos and coverages and all that. And it was just something that I was always passionate about. I, you know, I was always a big sports fan. So I knew that I understood mechanics. I knew that I understood footwork. I knew that I could teach it. I never thought I would, but I knew that I could communicate it to a kid and acting was my other love. So when acting was kind of like pushed to the side, I said, you know, I want to be, I want to be around kids. I want to be around athletes. I want to be outside. And I jumped in and, and it's been just kind of go ever since. I'm learning all the time. I never stop learning on, on being a coach and a mentor. There's always new things getting, you know, thrown out there that I'm picking up. But um, I feel like I've got a really acute eye for mechanics, and that's what I put a lot of priority in. On the QBIQ podcast that you did a couple days ago, which I uh, checked out, you mentioned how when you first started doing this, there were some big – coaches but it wasn't like today where they're quarterback coaches you see him kind of a lot every QB kind of has their guy and I know you have some guys but people like Danny Hernandez come to mind just guys who who work with quarterbacks in the area what separates you from some of these other QB coaches out there you know I think just personality style you know every coach has their own knack that they focus on um I I really try to um and I think Danny does a great job with this too, is just getting the, these kids' worlds, be involved with them on a, on a uh, relationship, you know, basis where it's just not all coaching and that's it. I think cultivating relationships is huge in, in everything and m mostly in sports. Um, so I feel like what I do is uh, I push these guys hard, but there's, there's a, um, there's a confidence that I, that I really try to pull out of them that they may not have. And that's what I, I'm always looking for, like, where can I find the root of their confidence and how can we live in that world? And some, some guys are different, and, and every formula is a little different. Quarterbacks all have their own little problems to solve, but um, my passion is to find that problem, solve it, and then cultivate that into just developing monsters. That's, that's my passion. You mentioned the first kid who you started training uh, with the bar story. When did it kind of take off? When did you fully transition from, okay, acting might be behind me for now. I'm going to do this full time and it's going to start working for me. And you've made a career out of it. When did that all kind of happen for you? I think, I think uh, one of those game changers is when I um, became the quarterback coach at Notre Dame high school. And that opened up a lot of doors just for field use. I think being a quarterback. So are you with coach Rooney over there? Yeah. Okay. I was with coach Rooney. Great guy. He's a, he's been not here, but I've had him on. I went to his office and did this. Yeah, yeah. Coach Rooney's a legend. Um, and just being around that type of um, 
atmosphere and tradition and the athletes that come through that uh, that campus, it kind of gave me a home and a platform to really start working more. And um, I feel like that was, and, and Coach Rooney was a big part of that, allowing me to kind of take my craft as a private guy and as a coach there and, and let me work. So I, I will always be very grateful for that. Okay, and that kind of got you started. That's interesting. I, I did know that. Flipping gears a little bit, or switching gears, I should say. What are some common mistakes that uh, you see some young quarterbacks make? Because I know you work not just with high school and guys past high school, but you work with some younger guys too. What are some mistakes that they make for the young quarterbacks listening? I think they, they focus on the, the the big arm, big ball too often. I think they, they need to understand that, you know, quick game is actually the most difficult. And especially if you don't have those big, you know, 10-inch hands, being able to just read a flat defender quickly and hit a slant or out and being able to just dissect short game and then kind of get going and driving the ball downfield. I think everyone wants to hit that big fade ball or big post. And I'd say even if for high school guys, let's let's master the intermediate. Let's master the quick game first because that's where the chains are going to move. And, and I, I see that a lot with the younger guys. They, if they don't have that big ball, they, they feel like they're not on top of their game. And it's like that's that'll come. Yeah, and watching – YouTube highlights and stuff, that's what it's all about. Um, we'll, we'll get into social media and how that affects quarterbacks in a little bit. What should quarterbacks be doing in your eyes in the offseason? It's January right now. We're miles mm-hmm. away from the next season. But, of course, if, you want, if you're serious about this, you always got to be working. So mm-hmm. for guys in the offseason, what do you like to have them do and what should they be doing? I think getting their body right is important. I think you know, making sure that they are uh, building a, a body type where they are mobile, agile, but also strong. You know, the, the eye test is huge. Um, I'm glad that the, the height is not becoming such a factor like it had been in the past where six-footers are getting a lot of opportunity these days. But making sure that they, you know, they're, they're put together right, that they're, they're agile, that they're taking care of their arms, not overthrowing, throwing a few times a week and feeling, you know, like they're getting their tempo and rhythm. Um, obviously, re, uh, studying defenses understanding concepts and, and combos that work against certain type of coverages and, and, and fronts and, and not just learning um, the pass game per se, but being, understanding what it's like to be the general out there, understanding protection, understanding you know when you see certain fronts on the D-line, when you see how many numbers are in the box, like being able to change from a pass to a run, really understanding how to be a facilitator. Um, I think being able to watch guys like um, – Brady and and uh, Philip Rivers, guys who really take ownership and leadership of every play, um, is huge. And and that takes time. You know, they didn't just get there. But I think we get caught up in, well, the passing game is all we need to know as a QB, and and that's false. You need to understand what every position is doing on that field. You mentioned smaller quarterbacks and looking at Oklahoma this past year. Kyler Murray wins the Heisman, and it looked like he was going to go play baseball, but now maybe or I think he is going to pursue the NFL and he'll, he'll be a first round pick. It looks like you think things are trending positively for guys, our size who, who want to <laughs> throw the ball in the NFL. Cause I mean, he right now is kind of the poster child of that small quarterback, the, the spread offense. And it really worked out for him. Do you think that'll translate to the NFL and just the future of guys like us uh, at the professional level? I think so. You're seeing it. Baker had a great year. Yeah. Russell Wilson had a great year. Drew Brees has had a great career. I mean, those guys are six footers. Kyler Murray's a little, you know, he's small. He is. He's small, but the guy is a um, the guy's a football player. He's not just a quarterback. When you see guys like him, he's a football player, and he's he understands the pace of every play. And and 
heck of a heck of an athlete. So I, I really do think there'll be a learning curve, but I also think that the offenses in the, in the NFL are changing for guys like him. Let's let you uh, brag for a little bit. Who have you worked with, and uh, just who are some guys coming up who you are really proud of? Um, I, I know there are so many guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's. I've got. I was. I was telling. I was telling Justin. It's. I'm at a point where I've got a lot of. I started off with a lot of young 12, 13 year olds, and they're all starting to become like beasts. And I think a lot of these guys are all in the bubble. They're doing really, really big things, and that's what I'm. I'm most proud of because I had a little bit of my my you know thumbprint on those guys, and and I could rattle off names forever with those guys because there's there's a lot, and it seems to be happening more and more. Um, but as far as like the the names that I've had the opportunity to work with, um, I've you know I. They're not. They wouldn't say they're big NFL names, but I think they're special throwers. I, I've worked with Brian Bennett, who's an Oregon uh, Oregon guy. He plays in the CFL right now, and he's got one of the biggest arms I've ever been around. Uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson, who uh, had has been, had eight years in the NFL. He's now with the Toronto Argonauts. Another uh, special type of th- thrower. Great guy. Um, Vernon Adams um, got to work with Johnny Manziel for uh, a day, which was interesting. Um, um, who else? I mean, as far as receivers, I've been around a lot of great receivers too. I mean, I got to work with Odell for a little bit. Um, yeah, there's quite a few guys, man. Christian Kirk. Um, you know, it's just seems to be like uh, every year uh, there's there's guys that you just cross paths with where you're like, oh, so and so's here. Oh, Russell Wilson showed up, or uh, Baker Mayfield's in town. Like, you, I'm starting to kind of get in a cool spot where I'm getting asked to come out and bring my guys out and throw with dudes like that. So it's pretty fun. And you mentioned some big, big names. For people who listen to this podcast, the big names for those listeners, I think, would be Venice quarterback Luca Diamant, who is blowing up right now, offers from North Carolina Duke. I know you work with him. He has crazy potential. He even has an Alabama offer, too, which is ridiculous. <laughs> and then Jalen Henderson, who just made the move from Narbonne to Chaminade. Big fan of his game. I love uh, what he's able to do, and I'm excited to see what he can do the next two years. So those guys who, you know, People aren't quite in the NFL yet. These kids are still in high school, but they, they're getting these offers, and you're working with them, and they're, they're big names in the high school sports community, and I think for sure you started with these guys younger, and we're seeing them kind of rise up, and, and those are two great prospects who I've really enjoyed covering the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, great athletes, great athletes, and uh, I, I don't even think they've hit their stride yet. That's what's fun. It's like they're still getting their feet wet, and the, the ceiling with those guys are high, and, and that's where I feel like a lot of these guys are at, man. It's like high school isn't the ceiling. It's just getting started. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it's just like, you know, and I feel like that's why guys are getting offered at, you know, guys that may not even have varsity experience are getting big time offers because you're, you're, you're buying the stock of potential. And sometimes it pans out, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but with guys like you mentioned, they're, they're fantastic high school guys. But when I look at them, I'm like, you haven't even touched your ceiling yet. And you mentioned the the guys without varsity experience. That Sarah backup quarterback is blowing up. He has offers from Michigan, Ohio State, and it, he hasn't played varsity down really. It's in, in, except for uh, I guess some blowouts when when Doug Brumfield would go out. But especially at the quarterback position, it's interesting because maybe you take a chance on a guy's potential when you can throw at a bunch of wide receivers or linemen or something. But when there's only one quarterback, I thought it was interesting that he's really blowing up, and I think it's because he's he's doing incredible. I want to talk about your sessions, Sam. So there's the one-on-ones, the group, and then online training, correct? Those are the three. Right. So kind of what goes into all of those and, and 
what do you recommend for guys? Just kind of break down how all those sessions work. Yeah, one-on-one is obviously a lot more intimate. Um, we get Is that an hour? Yeah, it's about an hour. And I, I push the tempo, so an hour for me is, is probably like an hour and a half when it comes to throw count with most guys. I like reps. I'm very big on a lot of reps because I coach fast and I want these guys to think fast and react fast. So I'm not, my style isn't breaking down your from point A to point B and taking 15 minutes for that. I want to implement um, tempo as we're working on, on our mechanics. And I think the most of these guys can uh, handle that. So I'm, I'm a lot on, I'm big on tempo, but also hand speed. Um, you know, I'm a former shortstop and I think being able to work your hands is so crucial and you're starting to see that with guys like Mahomes and uh definitely Aaron Rodgers where listen if you don't have your body underneath or your legs and you're getting messed with with your body but you still have your hands you have a chance so I'm, I really try to make sure these guys are confident in their hands being able to control their uh angles and always work in a pace where they feel like they're ahead of the curve not behind the curve um so those are more one-on-ones and every quarterback's got a different you know sometimes we just talk defenses while we're working and Sometimes it's just footwork while we're working, but it's always moving quickly. Um, for groups, uh, groups are a lot more about guys just kind of pushing each other. I'm still out there, obviously, working with these guys, and you know I know these guys well enough where I can still kind of pick a little here and there while there's other guys working. Um, but it's about those guys just pushing each other, and they're you know seeing these youngins get after it and push each other, and that's fun to be around because the atmosphere gets pretty fun and competitive, and they're all close, and we have a really good thing going with with how we treat each other and, and everyone wants everyone to do well and, and be successful. But there's, there's always that competitive nature at those group sessions that I love being around. Um, and those are, uh, those are on Sundays. The online training has been more of a new thing. That's been really fun because I, I'm able to work with these kids across the country. I've got a East coast kid. I've got four or five Texas kids. I've got a, um, Oklahoma kid. It's, uh, and I've never met any of these kids. Uh, except for talking to them and, and sending them video of their breakdown. And that's mostly about mechanics. Um, they'll send me a video. I will evaluate it. Uh, I'll put it through my coaching app and have it voiceover with things I would need them to work on, give them drills and EDDs, everyday drills that they can use to improve their, uh, their mechanics. And that's been really fun because I get contacted frequently about, Hey coach, can you get me uh, on the training? I want to get my mechanics down before going to varsity and, a lot of these guys are just wanting that extra edge, and um, it's been a really cool thing. It's been really fun. How would you acquire a guy on the East Coast who, you know, wants to get better online? Is it just through, like, marketing online or word of mouth? How, how, how do you get these guys who aren't from California? I mean, I think it's, it's mostly through social media. Okay. Um, you know, I've got a pretty decent platform with, with, Certainly. with uh, my quarterback um, Instagram, my throw to win. Yeah, 29,000 followers. Hey, <laughs> it's it's like my identity when I die they're like coach Fisher had 29,000 followers <laughs> he was a good man um it's uh mostly through that and they you know they'll just as they say slide into my dm and <laughs> and hit me up and you know I don't get to all of them as much as I can it's uh you know it's, it's only so many hours in a day but I try my best to get to as many guys as I can and if I can help them I will and if not um I'll try to give them a tip here or there but you know it's it's all about time and, and what I can give and the value I can give. I, I try not to just give them quick fixes. I ask every guy to be committed. If you're doing online training, let's, let's at least commit for three months um, because I just don't think there's just a quick fix. I need to see your repetition. I might give you the answers right away, but if you're not 
doing it and I'm and I am not mentoring you and kind of you know keeping you keeping you in line you could totally get off track again so three months is the commitment I asked for online training so you brought up the social media and in the age of guys getting recruited coaches checking out people on social media they it kind of allows coaches to narrow down who they're looking at and a lot of the guys who you're working with I'm sure have aspirations to play at the next level if not all of them so my question for you is you help the kids get recruited in that way you help with their ability to get them better which is the most important part you promote them on social media what about relationships with, with college coaches do you do any of that at all or is it more the social media and just the getting the, the kid better yeah that you know when I started it was that was it just getting kids better but it's um getting to a point now where if you have a platform and you can get them in front of coaches uh I certainly will do that and that's been that's been something that I've been trying to put a little more uh priority in uh now that I have a little bit of a name and I can you know Hey, really, really push these guys with guys that I believe in in front of coaches. Um, you know, most coaches live on Twitter anyways, and that's more of kind of where they will will contact a kid uh, much more frequent than, than Instagram. So um, most certainly if I can if I can get a kid in front of a coach, uh, which uh, fortunately I have from from the last few months, um, I will. And um, anything I can do to get uh, a kid to, you know, be at a spot where. I'm not going to give you I can't I can't give you an offer but I if I can help open the door and you walk through it I'll do everything I can. I mean that's that's what it's about. What are some schools that you've been able to have or show kids to? Uh I mean Rhode Island comes to mind, right? With Parantes, Rhode, did Rhode you Island, yeah. Um Austin College, Hawaii, Colorado State, Fresno State. I mean, I've got I've got got relationships with a lot of those guys. Uh University of Tennessee Martin, um Georgia. Yeah, it's just about, you know, building relationships isn't a, uh, there's not a cheat code. You know, it takes time to cultivate, and um, I'm certainly trying uh, my best to, you know, put it out there and, and see what I can do. But it's, uh, it's, it's certainly growing more and more, but I feel like it's starting to really pick up and um, having text messages and phone calls with these coaches, and they're busy people. So just the opportunity to say, hey, I'd love you to check out this guy uh, is certainly a victory. Do you have relationships with uh, high school coaches out here? You mentioned Kevin Rooney, but are there staffs who you feel close with? Maybe the St. Francis staff. I saw you at a game uh, out there earlier this year. Yeah, I don't. I don't know Coach Bonds out there. I was. I kind of snuck out on the field. <laughs> I was kind of avoiding. They were just looking checking at out me Darius. Like, yeah, I was just. Just want. I didn't want to be in the the stands. I just wanted to get where it's you no, were. It's no fun in no, the stands. Well, and that's where I get get to meet guys like I probably wouldn't be here if I didn't that's, do that. That's true. Um, but yeah, you know, you meet a lot. Of, I, I've met a lot of coaches. I know. Uh, you know. Coach Croson knows his son Maury really well. Um, Coach Mirror from Valencia, I've met him a few weeks ago. He's a great dude. Um, West Ranch, I mean, most of the guys that I coach, Coach Ford at Brentwood. Uh, yeah, Cole Lord. Cole Lord's a heck of a quarterback. Coach Ford, we were just out there um, uh, throwing for Coach Bible from UCLA the other day. Cole did great. was ripping the ball around the yard. Um, so, yeah, a lot of, you know, it's, it's, it's great to be uh, connected with these guys and, if I can help them with their QB work their system in our training, that's a win-win. I don't ever want to uh, hinder what they're trying to operate in a system over there. So whenever a coach can contact me or, or touch base with me and talk about, hey, this is what we, this is what we do, if you can apply this to your training, uh, I think that's awesome. I, I think that shows a lot of uh, just trust but also just 
um, you get your ego out of the way. Just be like, hey, this is what we do. If you can help him, I trust that you know what you're doing with my dude, but this is what we do. If you could apply it, um, that'd be great. And I'll most definitely apply that into our training. In the future, would you ever want to rejoin a high school staff or try to join a college staff? Have you given any thought to that at all? I've been asked, and right now I've got girl number two on the way. Yeah. And I, I'm having too much fun. I'm, I'm like the uncle that gives the kid back. <laughs> I, it's more much more my tempo and style. You know, I love coaching at high school, but uh, the uh, the commitment is no joke, and I would never want to jump into something if I didn't feel I had the time for. And um, so for what I do and how I kind of schedule it, uh, it works for me right now. Maybe down the line or who knows? Possibly. Possibly. If it was the right opportunity, um, I'll never say never. Just right now I feel like I'm in a good place. We mentioned the Instagram followers, and you're big on Twitter as well. How have you been able to market Throw to Win and yourself so successfully? Um, gosh, I, Chris asked me that the other day. It's it's about the kids. I think uh, a kid that has a, a a good release, has really nice footwork, can put it all together, and if you can document that in a clean angle and not waste too much time in between, I think that pops. I think when you scroll through coaches and, and Instagrams with other coaches, it's, you know, I think there's a, there's a lot of great coaches out there, but I think there's also uh, a method of promoting your work. And I think maybe me being front of the camera and behind the camera enough to know, hey, this is what looks good, but this is, I'm never going to put a rep that doesn't showcase this kid in the right light. I really, you know, I really want to make sure that whatever we put out there is the rep that they are proud of and it also shows hey this is the rep that i expect you to be at all the time so it's a good kind of checkpoint to be like all right this is what fish wants and this is where i want to start and also develop from so i really put a lot of priority in that have you ever gone viral was there one post that maybe blew you up or was it just kind of <laughs> consistent reps yeah i mean what's what's viral how many shit i've had one that i got to like five hundred thousand. Um, wow Stuff I dream of. <laughs> you don't know why. You don't know why. You can't control the algorithms there. Just some just take take heat. I uh I you know I did, I get some I get some funny silly ones I go I put up there and those will you know those will go f a little far just because they're stupid and I I I'll just be silly and and sometimes those get some laughs but yeah you know you never know and I I try not to care about what how many hits I I have it's just about the product you know i want i love getting guys from like costa rica hitting me up and saying hey i follow your page and you've helped me become a better quarterback and i'll take that over ten thousand views you know that's the good stuff that's awesome when is the ideal age for a kid to start playing quarterback and then follow-up when is the ideal age for them to really start working with you and really focusing on qb i would say Serious, serious, 10 years old, 10 years old, because I think that's a good age where you start feeling like you're getting a little stronger and your body's in control and your mind can actually retain some things. Not that you can't work on it earlier than that, but I think if you want to start doing serious training 10 and up in this town, because this town yeah. is just such Competitive. a, it's just a, a beast of a town for, for sports in general. Um, so I would say 10, try not to do anything under 10 unless the kids are just a little bit more mature. It's because it kind of feels like you're, kind of babysitting i've got i've got a one nine-year-old that i love who is a great dude and he's mature and he listens so that's that's why i would do that but other than that i would say 
start going around 10, 11, 12. How do you deal with unrealistic kids and unrealistic parents who think my son's going D1 all the way, this is what's going to happen, Coach Fisher's going to help us with the secret sauce, and we're going to go play college, and we're going to be the next great thing when maybe that's not the case. How do you deal with the unrealistic people? I'm not the coach for them. I, I can't help being real. If it's not there, it's not there. I had a conversation to a, with a dad the other day. He said, your kid's not a quarterback. Kid can be a football player, but he's not a quarterback. And how do you take it? It was not easy. It was not easy. But I could, I could milk this guy and make this another two years of just pretending. But I'm not out there to, like, I can't be around uh, uh, something that's not what I do. I'm, I'm not helping this kid. This kid needs uh, a specialist in a totally different area. And he most certainly doesn't need to be a quarterback in a, he doesn't need to be in a position that's so technical when we got to be able to run and catch first, be a football player first. So that's important to me. It's like, listen, you, you, I'm not saying that you can't be a quarterback, and there's obviously development, but there, there needs to be um, something where I see progress. And if we're just kind of hitting, and I'm not a miracle worker. I can, I can get you to a point, but DNA has a lot to do with it as well. Certainly. And... um I've lost kids. I've lost kids for just being real, and, and it's not an easy conversation. I certainly don't like having those conversations, but I can't do it for me. I can't do it. I, I don't want to go out there and be around, not be around. I, I enjoy the kids, but I don't want to pretend that we're getting somewhere when we're not. How old was that kid who you had the discussion with his dad? Twelve. Okay. Twelve, and that's a tough year. Yeah. It's a tough age. And I'm still going to work with them. You know, we talked, and I'm still going to be – I'm. But we're going to do other things. You know, I can do more than just work on being a quarterback. I can help you get your hands right and your feet right and, and all that. But um, it's important to be communicate because, like you said, the expectations out here are crazy. And the pressure that these kids have at, because of social media, it's so difficult. Like, I do not envy being a teenager now and seeing every other kid. It feels like you are so behind and every other kid is doing so much better. And the kids weren't supposed to have to go through that. That's that's a, a new millennial thing, and it's very, very difficult, and it's sad because they are getting thrown a bunch of crap that's not real. So that really segues nicely into my next question about social media. We see, blessed to receive my 50th offer from blank, big arm, big fade. You mentioned you want to focus on the intermediate stuff first. So when kids you're working with kind of see this stuff on social media and they think, oh, you know, I'll never get to that point. It, it, it's hard, and you know that you, you mentioned it. That's just kind of what's happened with uh, millennials. So, how do you go about coaching kind of the mental side when social media plays such a big impact or a big part on uh, these kids? And a lot of them, they, you know, they might have a confidence crisis because they see these kids blowing up, and they think, you know, I don't have that body or I don't have that kind of arm. How, how do you deal with that whole side of it? It's not easy. I I try my best to preach stay in your lane stay in your lane and I have to do that for my own uh I got to do that to myself I'm I'm a grown man and and I I can get caught in feeling less than you know it's that's the social media curse yeah. there's always someone doing more and um that's that's a hard place to be it's a hard place to develop so I just say hey listen you everyone has their own journey your pace your your lane is different you have to trust the process and when it happens, it happens. 
And not only that, not being D1 isn't the the end all. You don't have it's not a D1 or bust. There's a lot of great schools out there. There's a lot of great NAIAs and D2s and D3s that you can get great education and, and get set for life and still play football. Um, so it's it's not easy, but I really try to make that a point. Like stay in your lane, do your job, and let the rest follow. And maybe maybe they listen, maybe they don't. It's Listen, it, these kids live on their phones, so I feel like it's a it's an uphill battle all the time. But I really hope, and anyone listening, just trust that you are not alone in that. The pressure is real, and that pressure is most of the time false. Don't let anyone feel make you feel like you're less than because someone else seems to have a bigger, or better account, or better offer, or whatever. Do your job, trust it, and, and believe in yourself. It's going to work out the way it should. Darius Perantes is a guy who you, you've worked with for a while, quarterback at St. Francis, just got an offer from URI, which I know really made you happy, and you played a part in that just working with him. What's it meant to see him kind of get that offer, and how did that all come about? It meant everything. It meant everything because I've, I've known him since he was a freshman. I've seen him develop. I know that there's been ups and downs in his, in his own journey. And, and you believe in him. And I, I believe in him so much i think he's one of the most special guys i've been around as far as just like i said hand talent and and athleticism and his brother's a professional point guard and that's kind of how i see him as a football quarterback player he's he is so gifted with his athleticism Uh, still a long ways to go but uh it meant everything because it was um it's one of those things where i was really pushing and and that was that was the beginning of me saying okay if there's something i can do to help kid get a kid an opportunity this is when i'm this is what I'm going to do. And that was about last year when I said, all right, I'm going to, I got to, I can't just be waiting like, like anyone else. I got to help push and let people know this kid exists. And the other side of the world saw him, the other side of the country saw him and he, he saw what I saw and he came out and loved him and he knew that, Hey, this is, this is the guy we want. And I mean, I couldn't be more happy for Darius and I, I couldn't be more happy for just that story because there's, there's a hundred Dariuses out here, man. There's a hundred. I mean, I'm with five other Dariuses that I believe in that are just falling through the cracks, and I want to take that ride with them. It's like, hey, wherever this goes, know that we're going to do everything we can, but just keep working. And um, you know, I'm I'm passionate about that, and, and and I got that underdog chip in me already, just growing up. So it meant everything, man. You've worked with some quarterbacks in Hawaii, and I saw that you've been really blown away with with some of these kids. When did you start working? there and do you think the Hawaiian quarterbacks taken after Mariota and Tua Tagovailoa do you think uh, there are a lot of guys on that island who are going to be big time yes I started there three years ago and um, it was a random thing I got contacted by dad said hey we, we really like what you do we would love for you to come out to Hawaii and I turned that into a camp and now it's three years in I did my first throw down there is my quarterback competition camp I do and every year just you know it just never ceases to amaze me how much talent is out there and guys like you mentioned are those are the uh, guys that are breaking down walls because it was just like if you're from Hawaii you're you're a lineman you're a linebacker you're, you're some type of you know bruiser but now you're starting to see these athletic large men play quarterback and it's terrifying and it's super awesome and their work ethic is crazy and they're all on a mission to succeed and work 
and it's very special to be around. It's a very cool culture, very cool people. You mentioned the throw to win throwdown, your camp. I want to hear the who, when, where, and how of uh, that camp. <laughs> who went, well, who, it's pretty open invite. I, I think that it's obviously we want as competitive as a camp as possible, but I try not to try not to say you can't come. I think quarterbacks at that age have a pretty, kind of understand. Have an understand. Listen, it's if there's those dope dudes showing up. I probably am not ready, or I don't want to feel like I'm that far behind. But um, it's high school. I did a youth one in Hawaii. I've done a youth one in Fresno, but it's mostly centered towards high school, and it's a point system. And I usually collaborate with four or five local coaches in any city I'm in, and. They are grading each quarterback on accuracy, arm strength, footwork, QBIQ, and, and poise. And that poise is just one of those factors that you – that swag when you see it. And it's uh, – I love it because it, I, don't, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your name is, who's offering you, who, 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 how many stars you have. It's the guy who shows up that day. If, it's all about who is consistently hitting their guys and who is on point with their throws and – so on and so forth. And um, I did one in L.A. a few years ago, and that was fun because looking back at it, it was all the monsters before they were monsters. Like, Helensky won that one. Ryan won that one. And he was a, he was going into a sophomore year. I don't think he had one offer then. And Diamant was there. There's a lot of guys there that were just youngins that were now dudes. And then I did one in Fresno this year and some dudes up there. And and then uh, did one in Hawaii this, uh, this last December. And the winner... Uh, the winner was Jaden Delora. He's the guy uh, quarterback at St. Louis High School, where Tula and Mariota are from, and where they obliterated Narbonne. They obliterated Narbonne, and they've got a great team. They need to come out here and play. Uh, I'd, like, I'd like or... to see them play those guys. Yeah, I'd, I really would because they have a bunch of returners. And Jaden, uh, Jaden special. Jaden just got a Western Kentucky uh, offer. He's got a Hawaiian offer. Um, I think he's he's on the verge of blowing up. He's the next dude from that school but there's a handful I mean there's a guy named Hugh Brady from Punahou who's awesome I mean Jonah Chong there, there's so much talent out there and it was raining coming down hard Hawaiian rain coming down hard and these guys were ripping it in the rain and you know the kids out in Cali were doing that they're ballers out here but that rain would have been like we can't throw on this coach we gotta we gotta pause pause the camp but these guys were just just rocking and it was incredible. It was just so fun. And everything was a mess. You know, it could have been a killer for the, the, the camp, but it almost made it even better because it was just like, all right, let's let's mess with the conditions. And it was, uh, yeah, Jaden ended up winning that thing and look forward to doing more. Once I uh, kind of get settled with baby number two, I'll be probably taking the throw down on the road and linking up with some dudes. I got some cool things cooking. That's a great story. And I know that you give out some really cool trophies and they're not trophies you give out weapons to the guys who win right so some awesome swords and yeah who needs a trophy I mean, <laughs> everyone's got a trophy i when i heard you say that i thought wow i have a couple trophies but i don't have any cool swords no. or any cool weapons or anything i would but love imagine, one of those hey, imagine shoot imagine being now like i i don't want to give these away i fall in love with these weapons and i kind of want to keep them. yeah i don't blame you because you put work into it don't you carve some stuff in yeah it's it's there's always a king of the location so in Fresno, it was king of the north. Hawaii was king of the island. And 
I just want these guys to feel like they conquered something, like they were they victorious. And, and it also has, you know, something to do with that being a leader and, and being a general out there. And, you know, the football is your weapon. And, and you know, it's just something unique and creative that, I, you know, I'm always trying to think outside the box to make these guys feel, like, excited about things. So it was fun. Yeah, for those people listening out there, if you're on the fence about doing the throw-to-win throwdown, there's a really cool sword or something on the line if you uh, can can make it happen. So I hope uh, that that'll get some people interested. It certainly got me interested. Maybe I'll come out and sling it a little bit. I don't think I'll be able to compete with some of those guys. I'll do it in L.A. soon, and I'll I'll make sure you come okay. out. Coach, we're approaching the 40-minute mark, so I want to get you out of here with this final question. What are some of the most important attributes for a quarterback? That's a great question. Genes are G- there. Yeah, DNA's big. <laughs> DNA's big, but um, knowing who you are, and that that you can unpackage that in so many ways, but just knowing who you are is so important because it's it keeps you humble, but it also gives you confidence in what you're good at. If you know you do certain things well, and you know what you know who you are, like just you know uh, something to kind of make it assimilate not assimilate but what I when I came to LA I didn't know who I was as an actor I came out just to try to be the next whoever Robert De Niro right I didn't understand that there's some there's unite I need to know what I look like how to market myself what roles I should be taking how to strategically go about being successful as as an actor and as a quarterback, you need to know what you do well. If you're not a runner, know that and understand how to be the best in the pocket passer you can. If you run well, great. Then work on running and throwing on the run a lot, but also work on your weaknesses and, and understanding that I, you know, guys are going to call me out for not being in the pocket. So being humble enough to know what you're not good at, but also being confident in what you do well. Um, be nice to people. Be a good person. A quarterback is getting watched every second on the field, and they're certainly getting watched off the field. Be a good person. Be kind to people. Let people know that you care for them. They'll believe, as soon as they believe in you, you can do anything. The magic of, of uh, leadership is real. Be a good person. Treat people the way you want to be treated on and off the field. And, and, um, and do your homework. Make sure that you know what your plan is talk to your coaches, be on the same page, communicate. And it comes down to just communicate. Coach, what are we doing this week? What do we want to do? How do we want to do this? Why are we doing this? You know, we should never get tired of wanting to learn more. So do your homework and learn how to communicate through your coaches and with your team. Sam Fisher is a quarterback coach and the founder of Throw to Win. Coach, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. It was awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Let's do it again. This is the Believe in SoCal High School Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Morissette.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.